Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My <laughs> name is Mike Knoll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Jackson Afflin. Jackson, are you in good form? I am hey. in good form. Uh, guest, please, you, you'll get to you. Wait wait a minute here. What's... So, Jackson, last week's last week's film, the reviews are in. What what uh remind me what the movie was and what was your favorite review? Uh, I don't actually know what the recording was. Uh, like what, what was last week? As the viewers will experience it with this. No, that's what I'm asking you. I'm I'm, I'm asking you to catch the the listeners up of last week's film's title and then one of your favorite reviews from the press. Oh, uh, uh, last week uh, the the Winchester movie came out and the um. Review said it was marred by not being good because it was clearly uh, like three rooms in a hallway, not connected to the mm-hmm. actual house. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping you'd talk about the movie that we, you and I, the Equalizers, made on our podcast. Oh. And then one of the reviews. Hey, hey Jackson. Please. Hey, guest. Jackson. Yes. Hey, Jackson. Guest. Jackson. Guest. Hey, me. Hey, me and Jackson are yeah, well, you're the guest, a private moment. And we haven't introduced you, you just, yet, so you don't get to have just... a private moment with one of the hosts until you've been introduced and you haven't been introduced. And if you keep this up, I'm Jackson. not going to introduce you. Jackson, what? it was Good Burger. It was Good Burger. Oh, yes, Good Burger. I thought it was excellent. The The use of mise-en-scene and the surprise twist at the end were really effective. I also appreciate how Kristen Chenoweth turned out to be, like, actually Richard Nixon in disguise. That was a... I've not seen that coming, but looking back, I now realize that made perfect sense. Yeah, all right. This isn't Wet Hot American Summer, even though we did <laughs> use that as some, somewhat of a joke template at one point. <laughs> All right. Um, this week we're joined by special guest Madison Jones. Madison Jones, how how would the people at home know you? Um, they know me as the space cowboy, the rocket tier. <laughs> we should do the rocket tier at one we point. Should, we should do the rocket tier. All right. Well, that was a fun goof. Uh, of course. That was a really that was it was a really good. Goof. Of course, the sequel to my prequel is Madison Jones. We are joined this week by. Special guest and friend Jackson Eflin. Jackson is here to talk to us about his idea for a sequel to the 2002 film Dog Soldiers. Jackson, would you mind kind of catch up people who may not know what the movie Dog Soldiers is about, just in like a general term? Yeah. So a so it's in Scotland. A bunch of army guys are off on training exercises when they turn out to be in the woods with some werewolves. We there's a lot of like running and chasing and day for night. And then it turns out the secret service guy they found in the woods was part of a failed attempt to capture a werewolf and then bring it back to be studied and then militarized. Uh, that's about it. And they all survive, Yes, right? every single one of them, apart from the ones okay. who all die. So... Oh, and it's worth noting that as far as the film is concerned, the mission is a failure, so that's... Yeah. Madison, briefly, what were your thoughts about Dog Soldiers? Because I know you'd never seen it before yesterday. Well, when I started, I was, oh, hey, this movie must be pretty old. It, <laughs> it is clearly like some sort of weird sci-fi movie from like the late 80s or something. And it was a B-movie plot, but then I was very surprised to look up the Wikipedia, and it was, oh, hey, this was released in 2002. A lifetime ago. Yeah, I guess that is over a lot, a long time. Oh, my God, I'm fucking old. If you had to pick a specific number (laughs) Um, of how long ago that would be. It's 2018, so that was 
16 years? Yes. Uh, this is all staying in. Okay. I'm not kidding any of the pauses. Okay. But it looked like a VHS recording of an old episode <laughs> of Magnum PI. That's really real. <laughs> uh, when, would that be Wagnum PI? Yeah. Sure. Sure it would. Um, <laughs> but overall, I thought it was pretty... It's pretty funny. I mean, there's a lot of weird things that happen in it. A dog at one point is playing keep away rope with a guy's stomach lining <laughs> no by that you mean a no, werewolf the, not the, like oh a, no yeah oh no the dog i thought that was a bandage oh, i thought that was, was one it? of the ba- like bloody bandages that's how it's I'm definitely doing. a bandage but it sure looks like an intestine <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's soaked in blood and the guy had his entrails falling out of him so oh yeah i guess that's why i thought that was um, and then a guy... That guy being Sean Pertwee, who is, I guess, slumming it here? Alfred. Yeah, Alfred, yeah. In Gotham. Oh, yes, that that show. This actually brings me, Jackson, being our first guest, we're kind of testing the waters and testing out some new segments. Uh, so I have a segment for you, a game, that I like to play before we get to your pitch. Okay. Uh, I have four things here that either are actual trivia from the IMDb page for Dog Soldiers... Some of them I have altered or made up. Can I play? Okay. And so your job is to can tell me. Yeah, Madison, you can play if you want. We can make it a game of who who gets the most. <laughs> so the first one. When the squad first lands from the helicopter, Sarge uh, tells Cooper, froze. get a position and a bearing. I want to be on the move in three minutes. He gives the command for the squad to move out exactly three minutes later. True or false? Three minutes of movie time? later i believe so i just says gives the command for the squad to move out exactly three minutes later i'm gonna say true jackson i'm gonna go with true just sort of take a stab in the dark the answer is true he does i believe in actual movie time give the command three minutes later all right number two the piece that megan plays on the piano halfway through the film is a traditional scottish funerary piece played as the body is brought into the church True or false? I don't even remember that part. They, they got to the house, and they realize that they're probably definitely fucked, and she just sits down and plays this kind of creepy piano music, and then just stares at a window longingly. Um, the piece is Claire de Lune, which is uh, essentially Moonlight in French, mm-hmm. and I want to say it is not a traditional Scottish thing because it's French. Madison? I don't remember the part. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jackson, you are correct. It is de- Debussy's Claire de Lune, roughly translatable to Moonbeam. It was Gary Busey's um, de Lune? It's weird. IMDb has, this link is obvious, but is possibly also a nod to an American werewolf in London, the soundtrack of which consisted purely of songs with the moon in the title. Um, number three. When Captain Ryan is looking at the shelf of books in the house while Cooper and Megan are tending to the Sarge, there is a book entitled Strip Poker. True. Uh, false. It is true. Fuck you. All right. This actually is, we got to this because it tied into what you were saying, Jackson, about Sean Pertwee. Sarge, played by Sean Pertwee, is the son of Doctor Who's third doctor, John Pertwee. The actor who plays Joe, the football-obsessed soldier, is also the son of seventh doctor, Sylvester McCoy. I don't watch Doctor Who either, so... I mean, it's 50-50. Sorry, Internet. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say 
true. It is false. I made that up. Because he looked just a little bit like Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> See, I, I had a problem with this movie because everyone looked the same to me. Oh, yeah. Like, so they all, they all look the same. They all dress the same. They all act the same. And, like, it's yeah. it's really, like, grainy because they're, I guess they were shooting on cameras that were from the 70s or whatever. So you can't tell who anybody is apart from and Sean Murphy. And it was Murphy. on VHS. Yes. And, yeah, but to an extent, it's almost like if you line them up right, their accents are a gradient. <laughs> you get this guy, and then the next guy sounds a little bit like him. And the next guy sounds a little bit like him. The next guy, until, like, it's impossible to tell. Um, any any point in this movie where they were just sitting around talking and being very like English about it, you know, <laughs> like everything, <laughs> making countless references to football, and it it was. But I mean, it was Germany versus England. Okay. It's that's it's all out war. <laughs> to quote the movie. All right. Really great. So. Oh, speaking of which, um, so I re- I hadn't watched this for a while since mm-hmm. uh, like since I wrote the first. This is what I do with the sequel thing. So and it was not as good as I remembered it being. So I apologize to both of you for uh, for fine. making you sit through. Perhaps I mean, not look, the we watched a Bug's Life two weeks ago, so it's fine. Uh, yeah, and I don't think, uh, especially for the listeners who listened to last week's episode or just like any of our episodes, like having like half thought or not that great ideas. <laughs> Kind of the theme of the show. <laughs> yeah, like, I, f- I think it's the least we can do that we can watch movies that we either don't think are great or that are we just don't care for because we're basically making people listen to us come up with dumb movies. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. Except for Order of the Phoenix. That's gold. Yeah, it was gold. Getting to end. And Gutterburger at this point. Okay, and Gutterburger. <laughs> um, so... Jackson, hit us with your best shot. And the thing I do want to throw in there, a part that I forgot to mention in my summary, was that the reason that I'm intrigued by this movie is that at one point a character asks, okay, so werewolves exist, what else does? So, Carol, Charlotte, and Ruth are three wine moms who went for what was supposed to be a picnic, but now they are terminally lost in the woods and are increasingly cranky about it. Meanwhile, uh, on like the summit above them, Dave and Anna are scattering their mom's ashes. Dave is just ready to be gone. Anna is super into it, and she has a lot of emotions about death and what comes after she hasn't processed yet. Dave is not like the kind of person who's good at helping someone process through that, so there's tension there. On the way down, they meet up with the, with the wine moms and help them find their way back. It's, it's kind of too far to walk at this point, and they planned on camping for the night. So the wine moms agree to stay with them. They get a fire going only for a group of eh, eight or so soldiers to show up. And they're like, hey, you guys can't be here. These are, there are army exercises going on. We have to escort you to your vehicle now. They do so. However, Anna, the sister of people who are scattering the ashes, is, hey, if you guys are on exercises, why don't you guys have weapons or gear or any kind of insignia? And the army guys are hesitant to answer any questions. So there's like a bit of lull time and banter while the while relationships are established between these characters. Uh, around sunset, something starts hunting them. There's some running. There's some like soldiers vanishing into the woods. There's sprays of gunfire. At one point, one of the soldiers pulls a giant hunk of meat out, out of his bag, uh, and it's in a sealed plastic thing. He uncorks it and just bolts one direction, while the rest of them drop a a smoke bomb and run the other way. They make it to a visitor center where Dave and Anna had parked their car and they take a breather to try to figure out where the wine mom's car is. They lost their map at some point. 
During this, uh, one of the soldiers notices that a wine mom got some sort of injury on her leg while they were running, and uh, it's not clear if it's a bite or a scratch or just something from the trees or whatnot. That soldier is really adamant about Charlotte not going home and tries to get her to stay, but isn't explaining things because they're, the Official Secrets Act is still in place here. This leads to an altercation during which the soldier loses his cool and starts turning into a werewolf. Part of the narrative of the first film was that werewolves can resist the change at first um, if they want to, and it comes out after they force this werewolf soldier out into the woods that all of these soldiers are werewolves. That at some point in the past of the soldier, this film is more or less present day, at some point the operation was successful, they did in fact make a bunch of werewolf soldiers, but the actual implementation of them as a military force wasn't going super well, so they disbanded the whole thing and sent them home. And now they're just now they just come out to the woods to avoid hurting anybody, and they like just eat some meat and run around and have fun as werewolves, as you do. And so there's and but now that this guy has been forced out into the woods, he's going to be able to regroup with a pack and lead them back to this visitor center. So they have to get to somewhere else really fast before the pack arrives and that's most of the thing uh, at some point during this somebody's like okay so werewolves are real what else isn't the government telling us basically and they're like, hey we don't know we we only have clearance for ourselves that's kind of like most of like act one some of act two i don't have an act three or i don't have an act two planned out but my act three is that at one point they wind up in the in the in a cave system that they didn't know about moment and moment 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 pretty moment, much moment. um so yes! so um uh, the same guy who made uh, Dog Soldiers also made a movie called The Descent, which is about six women lost in a cave full of these, like, weird, like, half-human, half-bat hybrid things. And so, uh, in Act 3 of this movie, uh, the characters all realize that the reason that the werewolves are here is because the government wanted to take out these these crawlers, the, the mole men, as it were. And so you have this fight between werewolves and things that are very clearly based on vampires, if you look at the designs from the film, and they're in caves. That's, that's what I've got for Act 3. It's just basically werewolves underground fighting things. But I think that, that builds itself Jackson, in there. Jackson, you can say werewolves fighting mole men. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Werewolves fighting mole men. Yes. Fun is allowed yeah. to exist on this podcast. Yeah, sorry. Werewolves fighting semi-sentient cannibalistic uh, mole men. Ah, that sounds catchier. Now, Jackson, my first question. Is this movie called Dog Moldgers? It is now. Uh, the draft I had was Dog Soldiers colon Strays, but uh, hmm. Dog Dog Moldgers is better. That's not too bad. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, um... You might have said it at the beginning and I didn't catch it. Is this still set in Scotland? Like, is it the same general area or is it... So, if we go with the Mole Men thing, mm-hmm. uh, then it would probably be set in the Appalachians because that's where the, the Mole Men movie uh, is okay. set. The, the so, this is a definite crossover. Yes, but it's not okay. billed as a crossover until you get there and you're like, oh, shit! Because okay. The Descent is, like, better known by horror people. So, they, yeah. they'd recommend... I mean, even I know about The Descent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've... I've seen that. Well, now it's... we don't have to cover it because this is also a sequel to The Descent. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a twofer. Well, there is actually a sequel to The Descent. Yeah. We should throw, like, another one in there. Can we do Slither? Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> the Birds. Yeah. Yeah. This is also a sequel to The Birds. Also The Wicker Man, somehow? It's it's a sequel to The Birds because as they emerge from the cave, having defeated the moment in a horror version of the eagles coming in at the end of Return of the King, it's the birds swoop in and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what like happens with the the siblings? 
Oh, I figured that over the course of the film, the brother would learn to do better emotional care for people. And that's kind of his arc. Okay. And her arc would be like getting over her mom's death and getting closure in some way or... Do you have an idea of how that would work with werewolves and women? My thought is that there's some point when everybody is trapped in... Mm-hmm. Or, or, sorry, where like all the people who are still humans at this point are, are trapped in a space and all the stuff that the siblings have been repressing about their mom's death or whatever comes out. My thought is that they are hiding effectively and, and that people don't know where they are, but they wind up having a shouting match over stuff, at which point they're like, they work through their emotional tension, but also they now everybody knows where they are, so there's stuff converging on them while they're running away from the stuff. I'm thinking mm-hmm. that all three wine moms become werewolves by the end of the movie because I just, I have this attachment to this idea of werewolf wine moms as a thing. Now, for those listeners who don't know what you're, what are oh, wine moms? Moms who are like, upper middle class and like to just wear nice clothes and drink wine <laughs> sorry okay. I, I did not no, know you're fine that's what wine mom wine moms meant i, I thought suspected that, I, but like, I, if, it, I i thought that like if you've seen grace and frankie imagine grace but like three of her okay <laughs> that's a there's that's the title of your like, movie is it like is it like Dog soldiers two grace but like three of her is it like Blanche from Golden Yeah, Earth? yeah. Can the three wine moms be be Arthur, Who's, the lady who plays who the lady who plays Blanche? I and, think she might be dead as well. And Betty White, she's alive. She, uh, she is alive. So um, I think a little bit younger, so they're still able to run around through the woods and things. But um, if you want Betty White in there, then I will accept that. Betty White's a mole man. Who's your perfect cast for the wine um, moms? So. Money's no option. The lady who plays Grace, because just she's who I imagined this whole time. Which one is um, that? The short-haired one. Uh, is that I will... Lily Tomlin? The, or the other, other one? one? I will look that up real fast. So this is Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Yes. Right, okay. So Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda, Mindy Colling, and then Kathy Najimy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. There's a cast. Yeah. So my thought is, like, they are this super campy group who are from a, a totally different movie than the rest of the people. Um, because I like the idea of these characters who do not belong in a horror movie just being there now. I feel like that would add mm-hmm. a level of camp that this needs. Sure. So you're you're exactly. angling away from the grim gritty. Yeah, like there'd probably still be a bit of that, but it would have grim and gritty, grim and gritty, than like camp wine mom shenanigans, grim and gritty. Grim and gritty. <laughs> okay, that's the name of your movie. Dog Soldiers Two: Camp Wine Mom Shenanigans. It's actually like the sequel to Camp Rock. Oh, God. <laughs> We can't do Camp Rock because there is a Camp Rock too. That's fine. Um, I, you know, somehow I'll, I'll endure. <laughs> so, okay. So, what about? Uh, do you have casting in mind for the siblings? Um, You've said their names. Anna, I think, is the. I don't remember. Yeah, we've got Anna and Dave. Anna and Dave. So Dave Franco and Anna Ferris, I assume. Yeah, I'm good with that. Sure, why not? <laughs> or, or Anna Paquin and David Swimmer. Or Better. Anna. Anna Devere Smith. Who's that? And Dave Chappelle. Uh, who's Dave Chappelle? Who's Anna um, Devere Smith? Uh, she uh, wrote Twilight Los Angeles, but um, acting wise, she was a Nurse Jackie. Is she Nurse Jackie? Nurse Jackie. She's not Nurse okay, Jackie. Then She's I've, the, um, I've never seen Nurse Jackie. Okay. It's a good show. Everyone watched Nurse Jackie. Fair enough. Good job. So uh, of those. Well, that's the episode. That that's the episode. Everybody, everybody watched Nurse, Nurse Jackie. <laughs> We're actually just going to play the audio from the first episode now. And <laughs> um, so, Jackson, of the three options you were given of Dave Franco and Anna Ferris, Dave Schwimmer and Anna Paquin, or Dave Chappelle and 
Anna Devere Smith. Is that what you said? Correct. Which of those three would you like for your film? Um, I think he's like younger than that. But let me check a thing. Uh, okay, so. Oh, actually, yeah, no. Um, uh, Dave Franco and uh, Dave Franco and Anna Paquin. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Oh, uh, that wasn't one of the options though. Well. So. Okay, but so you're over there on the other side of the internet, and I'm over here on my side of the internet. So, yeah. come fucking stop me. Or, or, you know, I could just edit that bit out and make you say what I want you to say. Uh, okay. Uh, but I, my uh, my uh, argument for Anna Paquin is that she was in True Blood, so she already knows about, like, werewolves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Dave Franco was anything supernatural, but he was in... Um, God, what does I Dave have... Franco fucking do? Uh, now You See Me. The Now You See Me movies. That has magic in it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay, but I do have one does more it? pitch for you, yeah. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Or a couple. Anna Kendrick and David Hyde Pierce. Okay, who is David Hyde Pierce? Niles from Frasier. And Niles from Frasier. <laughs> um, also the voice of Slim yeah, in A Bug's Life. Yeah, which, Madison, thank you so much for letting me do my entire pitch calling him Stick. <laughs> and not not stopping me at all one time. Good. You're welcome. I think all of these uh, actors and actresses would probably be great. Um, mm-hmm. I, I leave it up to the viewer to imagine them as they will. Well, you know we're going to have a poll on Twitter. Which of the two pairs the listeners think should play the siblings? But in seriousness, do you, do you have like a thought of for for those two characters without the that good goof? Um, I don't I don't have actors in mind, so I don't usually like cast things. Sure. You can't see, but I'm shrugging right now. I realize my camera is actually off. Uh, I guess pick any any two relatively young actors. Jackson, I have a pitch. I think you'll like. Okay. Dove Cameron. Okay. And then, I don't know, somebody else. Dave Franco. That you also like. Dave Franco. Actually, like, I, I'm a fan of Dave Franco as an actor, so I, yeah, sure. Him and Dove Cameron. That sounds good. All right. Because we know Dove Cameron can cry. I'm really glad we nailed that one aspect of the movie down. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's important. <laughs> okay, so werewolves versus mole men. What's the tension between them? Why are they fighting? Oh, the werewolves are just hungry, and the mole men are like, hey, you're in our caves, get out, and then they don't. So the mole men are like the the good guys, or they're the right uh, side of it? They're semi-sentient humanoids who eat people so i'm not sure if they're the good guys but they were only a problem because the government was hey we decided we we can't just build a fence around them we'll send werewolves to eat them instead so thanks obama yeah (laughs) thanks thanks germany obama what didn't well didn't germany obama doesn't well these people are like aren't they german no they're where was the first movie? It's in Appalachia. Oh, okay. It's in Scotland, but oh. he's saying that to tie it in with the Simmons, okay. it's in Appalachia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scotland, Obama. Yeah, I don't have like strong thoughts about who should play the actors, but I, like I, you know, <clears throat> I guess like sure. the first movie was almost all white guys, so I guess like let's have like yeah some people of color and some women like some lady soldiers just so not david yeah. hyde pierce uh, although um people should definitely reference game of thrones and doctor who in the movie because you have prominent actors from both of those fi- things and i always love it when it makes you question who played what in that version of the thing mm-hmm. what if we just get most of the cast of game of thrones to be the actors in this movie <laughs> they're all american cersei's basically a wine oh my mom. god you're right yeah 
um, in the first scene, David Schwimmer can be like, man, I really hate that Joffrey kid. (laughs) (laughs) Joffrey's such a bastard. So um, his first scene would be when he's like... (laughs) pouring his mom's ashes on a mountaintop so i really want him to like be saying i hate joffrey as he pours the ashes (laughs) no he deadpans that's why he can't emotionally connect with his sister is because the way he copes is just to reference game of thrones or he just can't talk about anything else joffrey is a metaphor for a lot of this movie is him complaining about the uh writer of game of thrones what's his name Mm -hmm. uh david benisoff and wd weiss or writer of oh, um, writer of sorry, Game Martin. Martin. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah okay um like it's just him complaining that he's never gonna write the next book because that's all people he just he just keeps about. repeating it's like he's on a break um but very angry <laughs> or he at one point talks about how like it's so frustrating with george R. R. martin it takes so long to get like the next thing out oh <sighs> Because, you know, this movie's been t- taking, like, two decades to come out, so it, like, ties and in. Can George R. R. Martin be in this movie? Yes, he's... Because it's funny, then, because he's not writing, he's in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's worth mentioning that the writer-director for Dog Soldiers also made two episodes of Game of Thrones, so <laughs> that oh. makes it even weirder. That's Neil Marshall, right? Yeah, Neil Marshall. Okay. Uh, I definitely have that name to oh. mind. I like how Matt and I are talking, and I said, we're going to treat Jackson's pitch with respect, because this is a, a thing that you've been thinking about for a long time, and immediately we're like, hey, why don't we get David Hyde Pierce? Oh, and then our, our next conversation was uh, David Schwimmer pouring out his mom's ashes, and then looking at his sister and being like, I hate Joffrey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so um, I should point out that the amount that this was a serious thing has oscillated over time. At one point, it was sure. a, uh, about conflict between uh, like radical leftists and centrists, and at, uh-huh. in the same draft was also like a gay rom com. So this has been <laughs> this movie has many things in my head. Where's some of that stuff? I think we've got like a little bit of the extremist uh, or, or the the leftist versus the centrist but where's the gay rom-com elements that yeah. so i had like some, some vague thing where like dave and one of the soldiers hooks up or whatever but i hadn't like figured out how mm-hmm. to work that into the plot so i kind of just left it out and figured out like eh it's well here's that's what we're, here, what for. we're here for oh yeah okay so explain to me how that happens so i first of all did the soldiers have any kind of arc or anything or are they just kind of there to protect the wine mums and Dave and Anna. I think they, one or two of the soldiers has an arc, but I think it should be mostly about the wine moms and Dave and okay. Anna. Okay. So, what if they get split up? The wine moms and some of the soldiers, and then the other soldiers, like the one that Dave ends up hooking up with, and then Dave and Anna, and then like two of the soldiers, and then two of, two of the soldiers end up with the wine moms. Yeah, I like it. And then that gives them, I don't know, more one-on-one time. When they get to like the <clears throat> uh, visitor center where the car is parked, maybe there's like some like oh, we have to, like, patch up her wounds or whatever, and then, like, Dave mm-hmm. and the soldier can, like, go off or whatever. Okay. What um, if... One of the... Uh, so, like, the werewolves and the moleman are having this, like, battle in the woods, and one of the moleman tackles one of the werewolves, and they, like, careen down a hill everything and they're fighting and they're fighting and they're like equally matched and then like 
I know where this uh, is going, and I hate you. And they just, like, can't beat each other. Uh, plot point, plot point, plot point. <laughs> they start making out and fall in love. <laughs> and they're, like, star-crossed lovers. They were, like, these two warring factions. Can you feel the love tonight? It starts playing. Um, I, I accept that. That that also works. I mean... Especially if that werewolf is the same one who, like, had the thing with Dave, so there's, like, a triangle. Uh-huh. Like, a weird werewolf mole man. What if Dave gets turned into a mole man? Actually, yeah, sure, that works. And then they're fighting, and they don't realize that it's each other. It is. Mm. Does the... And then they start making out and eventually turn back into each other, and it's... Um, Does lore rules in the descent... Do, do the mole men turn people into other mole men? Um, there's no proof that they do, but there's no proof that they don't, so... I mean, theoretically... Like, werewolves eat people and also can turn people. Like, the two guys in the movie, the first movie, who got bit but didn't die, turn into werewolves. So, like, the moment if you get bit and survive, I guess it, maybe you start turning into a mole man. I guess, yeah. I guess that's true. Same thing happens with vampires and zombies. Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. a lot of ho- yeah. a lot of ho- can... a lot of horror tropes are evil thing is going to turn me into the same evil thing. We'll have to start calling it vor. Well, I'm gone now. Deleting this file. No. In the first movie, there's a bit where, like, a werewolf grabs a shotgun and uses that. So they are sentient <laughs> enough to work fine tools. So I assume that at some point, uh, when Dave gets mole-manned, he at some point does a thing that only Dave would know about, or some action or motion or tool or whatever, and then the werewolf is like, oh, you're not just some mole-man, you're Dave. And then they, like, try to make it work or whatever. That would be fun. Yeah, what, yeah, they they fall in love beforehand. Then maybe like their exes or something. Yeah, and... yeah, and then the battle happens. People get mixed up, and they capture David Schwimmer and the mole men do, and take him and turn him into a mole man. And then they're having a battle later, and they realize it's each other. And because of the love of these two warring creatures, <laughs> it joins these two groups together. And there's a really, uh, really cute uh, wedding at the end. <laughs> so, so um, here's where it gets really wild. We mentioned Dave Franco is one of the possibilities. Dave Franco was also in uh, Warm Bodies, which has basically yeah, exactly right. that thing happening, only with like humans <laughs> and zombies. So this would not be the first time where that has happened in a uh, Dave Franco movie, and I support it. All right. Well, I don't know if Madison, if you have any more questions, but. Jackson, you have anything else you want to add? Yeah, I think I'm good. This is, I think we have a good concept and I think kind of a, an emotional mood going on here, which is kind of yeah. what I was hoping for, really. And tonal whiplash, really. I mean, I think if you start with catty wine moms and end with gay werewolf <laughs> mole men love a wedding, like, wedding, uh, fixing, uh, I guess, American approach to immigration or whatever, then yeah. Okay, sure. my last pitch idea for the movie. Oh. Okay. During the werewolf moleman wedding, okay. they start hearing this thudding in the distance. It sounds like someone's hopping, 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 getting closer and closer. And what have you and done? Then, what did you Google? And then they turn around, <laughs> and there are five anthropomorphic kangaroos there, and it's also a Warriors of Virtue sequel. What is Warriors of Virtue? Oh, you haven't seen that. <laughs> Oh. No, I'm into it, but how is it connected? It, or, I assume Neil Marshall. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, did that? Uh, no, it, they're they're oh. they're humanoid 
animals. <laughs> All right. Well, now that Madison has blown that jewel, um, we talked about what we were going to do for the rest of the episode. And Madison and I decided that maybe what we should try to do is that as our guest, you've been sort of conceptualizing and working on this movie in your head for, you know, a while. And we thought we should try to come up with our own pitch for Dog Soldiers 2 in like 15 minutes. Okay. Okay. And here's my thought. We start a timer. Jackson is in charge of it. And when we hit 15 minutes, he tells us to stop. And no matter where we're at in the part of in the movie plot, that's the end. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to start a timer. And so, so Jackson, if you're if so you would I'll be know, willing to you get will. some sort of form of timer and set it for 15 minutes and tell us when to start. And we're going to try to in 15 minutes, we're going to attempt to plot an entire Dog Soldier sequel, like divested of Jackson's. Uh, the timer goes in five, four, three, two, go. All right, here's my pitch. Prequel, Revolutionary War, Werewolves. Uh, here's my pitch. Uh, yeah. The guy who got away at the end, I think his name was Cooper. Yeah, Cooper. Uh, mm-hmm. He is in, like, the city, and he okay. starts seeing some of the same sorts of aspects to people he sees running around. He sees, like, the yellow eyes. And mm-hmm. that he realizes that the government has uh, realized like the existence of werewolves and has taken control, and kind of so it's like kind of like werewolf Illuminati, kind of like werewolf Illuminati, and he tries to take okay. it down. Great werewolf Illuminati, okay. I mean. So, um, how much control do they actually have? Is this like a fledgling Illuminati, or is it a fully set? I think it is a fully set illuminati and they okay. have real they have figured out how to turn people into werewolves how high does this conspiracy go it goes like the straight gr- to the middle top <laughs> so like not like the the because are we still in scotland or is this in are we in england so i think they're i think they're from britain supposed to be okay the soldiers are so is it london yeah sure it's london it's, okay. It's so a werewolf. is it like Prime Minister, it, the Queen? Uh, yeah, uh, the Queen is a werewolf, too. It goes all the way to the okay. top. It's basically like that movie, uh, is it Them? Or Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Either one. Like He starts to realize... I think Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a different thing, I okay. think. Uh, I think I know I think I know what movie you're talking about. I don't think it's Invasion yeah. of the Body Snatchers. Uh, so it's basically... He, slowly realizes that like everyone is a werewolf and he's like one of the hmm. only ones that is not a werewolf oh so like even the people passes in the street are yeah werewolves. yeah it's it's like okay. embedded in like the culture now um and then the twist at the end is or it's like we're left to quite because he had this like horrible experience Ooh, is this like just that. something he's seen mm-hmm. or is it actually happening all right and do we ever discover do we ever like or is it? I like the idea of leaving it at the I end. Think we, like we don't. Know. I think we take it to like kind of like a taxi, uh, taxi driver level. It's like, it, was this just like a fantasy in his head, or was right. this actually happening? Um, I th- I think. Right, okay, so that's what I mean is we don't actually find. Yeah, out. we don't. Yeah, we don't find out. Okay. And, uh, but he does like go and kill people, and he thinks he's taken it to the top, and maybe he gets mm-hmm. captured at the end, and he's in like a prison cell. And where that's kind of where the movie ends. Um, okay. What well, kind of stuff? <laughs> what kind of stuff should he do to? Yeah, I was gonna say, what are our action set pieces? Yeah. Um, um, I think there is a fight on the, he, where he's standing on the clock hands of Big Ben and he's fighting a werewolf. Absolutely. 
like it's a chase. He's chasing a person he suspects is a werewolf, and they're running, and they like try to get away, and they end up out on the one of the clock hands of Big Ben. Yeah, um, I think at some point there, uh, he's at some sort of like movie event, like some premiere movie <laughs> in London, and he starts seeing celebrities as werewolves. Uh, like on the like screen, on the screen, or like okay. uh, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Daniel good. Radcliffe, for example. Uh, <laughs> he's he's at he's at a premiere screening of Space Jam Two: The Order yeah. of the Phoenix, and he <laughs> maybe he has a he maybe has a fight on one of the like one of those like double decker buses, like um, oh yeah, I was about to say a la Teen Wolf. Yeah. Like in reference to Teen Wolf, because you know he rides on top of the car, he's uh, like, but they're like running across cars, yeah, in moving traffic. And then he goes and uh, um, plays basketball. <laughs> yeah, with like, he, there's a fight on a basketball court, and maybe he like dunks a severed werewolf head or something yeah. onto another or like a some kind of weapon, yeah. but like through the. Yeah, it's this like cross cross London rampage that he goes on that has a lot of different. Ooh, that's a good. Is it a rampage? Yeah. Like, or is it? What, what I mean is, is it various scenes of him like hunting and killing werewolves, or is it? We start here and it's just a constant like like dread. Is it a constant dread? I think it's like a dread or a crank. Yeah, I think that crank. it's like it's just a constant grind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so is he making his way to the palace? Yeah, he's making his way straight to the... Like Buckingham Palace? I think he makes his way straight to the queen, and, like, he gets this or, close, and then he gets taken down. Um, yeah. One thing I think should happen, um, uh, if, if we have, like, celebrities, then, like, Sean Pertry should be one of the celebrities, and he's, like, a different person than the guy from the first movie. That's good. Yeah. It's Sean Pertry yeah. as himself. And um, Liam, Liam yeah. Cunningham, I think. The guy, uh, Sir Davos Seaworth. Um... Yeah, Ryan, the special yeah. ops guy from this movie, Madison. Yeah, yeah, he's there promoting a Game of Thrones thing. I don't know, maybe Maisie Williams is a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Sean Sean Bean is a werewolf. Yeah, he's, he's the killed. first one he kills. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, for some reason, David Hyde Pierce and Anna Paquin are there, yeah. and Dave Chappelle and, and Anna Kendrick and Anna Devere Smith and. And Devere Smith and uh, Dave Franco. Dave Franco, and uh, they're all talking about Game of Thrones, and he just slaughters all of them. <laughs> yeah, David Schwimmer's like he passes them on the street, like they're in a car together for whatever reason. And David Schwimmer's just talking about how much he hates Joffrey. Yeah, and then he said, and then and then and then Cooper uh, jumps out and is like Unagi, and then he like kills him. Okay, that's a, that, that's a, that's a French, French reference, reference, I think. Right? Okay. It's been a while. If I'm going to start making all these references. All right, so how much time do we uh, have, no, Jackson? Eight minutes left. <laughs> Holy shit. So let's let's jump over to Mike's idea, uh, Revolutionary War. Yeah, all right, let's, let's pitch it. a second one, Revolutionary Werewolves. Here's my, here's my pitch. It's set in Valley Forge because that's where they were holed up for, like, a super oh, yeah. shitty winter, and they're being picked off by werewolves. Are the werewolves, like, a metaphor for the British, or, or, or are the British also there as a separate thing? Uh, yes. Maybe it's some British werewolves. I'm not sure. But my idea is that it's it's set in Valley Forge when they were camped up there for that super harsh winter, and, like, a shitload of people died from the cold or whatever. But what if actually some of them were killed by werewolves? And so it's George Washington and the Continental Army trying to stop werewolves in, like, the icy Valley Forge. That's really fun because it's this, like, 
like mythical piece of historical fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I it's also this is also a prequel to Abraham Lincoln yeah. Vampire course, Hunter. Yeah. I don't know enough about Valley Forge or so, uh, it's I mean I'll, it's imagine like a very okay. snowy woods and revolutionary war soldiers okay. stuff. Maybe uh, their leader is like an albino werewolf and mm-hmm. he can hide in the snow and he's the yeah, they, yes, they're using that, like gorilla they're using like gorilla tactics and oh werewolf tactics. Well, werewolf tactic. God damn it. All right, so there, but I think it's very much our sort of revenant feel for this. Yeah. At one point, George Washington has to eat a werewolf heart. Um, Okay. Yeah, is George Washington? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think George Washington. We get the guy, uh, Kevin McKidd. I only know the name for looking at all the trivia. The guy who played Cooper plays George Washington. Okay. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. And Sean Pertwee is John Adams. Um, Sure. Or he's Alexander Hamilton. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, Dave Chappelle is Andrew Jackson. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, well, no, if we're doing this, we should do this right. We'll get Lin Manuel Miranda for Alexander Hamilton. Okay. Cool. Um, Just like get the entire like cast of Hamilton to play this, but like not actually like have them do any Hamilton related things. Yeah. Like no songs. They're, all, they're the werewolves. I would. I would watch Christopher Jackson do a werewolf like revolutionary werewolf where he plays general washington (laughs) yeah yeah actually that's the only one every that guy as christopher jackson is george washington all the other hamilton cast are the werewolves yeah all right so is there there i think at some point there has to be a huge battle of like the werewolves charge and the valley forge people are finally like no we're not we're not doing this anymore and they like like line up and it's like a huge battle so my thought is that they know their uh, the Valley Foragers are like know the werewolves are coming. So we cut from them hiding to the werewolves chasing, uh, and the werewolves like run past what we like recognize as Valley Forge, and run into the British. And we realize the um, the Valley Forge people have like moved like four miles north and just like let the the werewolves and the British fight. And that's uh, kind of how they like turn the tide by throwing an army of werewolves at the British. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Um. And then there's just a massacre, and... And that's how the werewolves get werewolves. to England. Because the werewolves were, like, in Scotland or whatever. So oh, yeah, that they tracks. overtake, like, a, a British ship, and that's like, helps turn the tide, but then the werewolves take the ship and sail it back to England. As long as we get, like, a visual of two or three dozen werewolves all manning a frigate yeah. in full furry form oh, yeah, but with, like, the ropes. Yeah, and, but they're, tr- they're wearing British um, redcoats and stuff to try to, like hide it a little bit or something but uh, the last shot of it of the movie is that famous painting of the crossing of the delaware um yeah. but it's werewolf yes with the with the redcoats there should be some sort of like red riding hood reference i'm not sure how it will work but it needs to be a thing somewhere yes yes i think that that's good to, with for washington too because there's this whole thing of like these guys killed his men and he like turned them to his own purpose but in doing so he allowed this evil to like live and so he has to like deal with the fact that he didn't like kill them he just like let them go and bother somebody else is this is this like i don't know why i'm asking this question but is this like super fantastical fantasy or like campy because what if is a whole thing about um washington having wooden teeth you know okay like like, what if he takes them out and he puts like silver ones in and he no Um, that's a ridiculous idea that's entirely too campy. I love it. I'm voting yes. Okay. So that's two out of three. Well, except for the part where this is our pitch, me and Madison. 
Oh, that's true. Yeah, but sorry, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm half of the pitch. Yeah, and I am too. That doesn't fit like in the tone of this movie. I love it. And if we were to pitch like a, a super campy right. George Washington uh, werewolf fighting movie, then I would totally be down for something like that. I, I should really be taking the Revolutionary War with werewolves way more seriously. I wasn't talking. I wasn't saying that. You're being, <laughs> I wasn't saying to take it seriously. I was saying that I think that that's a, just a, a step too far. <laughs> I mean, okay, fine. Why doesn't he, I don't know, chop down a cherry tree and beat one of them to death with it? Or, I don't he know. He should do that. Javelin throw a spear-tipped American flag through another one. And, I don't know, while we're at it, why doesn't, you know, Betsy Ross come out with silver daggers and just, like, kneecap all the werewolves? And That's, that's like, the climax of the movie right there. It's like They're about to be able to run, and then you just see from the tree line Betsy Ross come out with silver knives. Yeah. You see, you see one like thrown, and you you follow it through the air, like it cutting through the air, and then uh, she saves the day and like stabs. She has the javelin with the American flag on it, mm-hmm. and it's silver tipped, and she's just stabbing werewolves left and right. Well, I think your your pitch is the sequel set in London. Mine is Civil War or Revolutionary War werewolves. I think I'm going to stick with a more revenant tone than this ludicrous ending but i mean we have werewolves and redcoats manning a frigate on the return to england i think that's probably a step far enough (laughs) well i think with that we come to the end of another episode of the equalizers uh you guys you can get at us on social media on twitter at the equalizers facebook the equalizers uh you can email us at equalizers at gmail.com uh, that's, of course, E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S. Jackson Eflin, uh, is there anything you'd like to promote? Uh, would you like to tell the people where they can find you on social media? Jackson Eflin at Twitter and uh, PayPal Jackson Eflin if you want to like <laughs> give me money, which you should because I'm Every- worth it. Everybody, everybody send Jackson $20 right now. Yes. All right. Well, as always, for the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Jack Snufflin. I'm Mike Knoll. Thanks, Germany Obama. To be continued.